MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome in to the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings alongside three-time Super Bowl winning executive and strategist Michael Lombardi. Stormy Bonatoni with you. It's the final day of January. New year, new Super Bowl champ on the horizon coming up soon. Michael, like, do you have any, how are your New Year's resolutions going? Are you a New Year's resolution guy at all? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's really about what word do you want to take on this year? Like, what, what do you think you need to kind of remind you? Because if you, if you start listing things you're going to change, you know, that lasts about two weeks, right? Or maybe 10 days, maybe two days, maybe two hours. So I think it's kind of a reminder about, like, what do you want to try to improve your health, you know, time, you know, no more phone. I mean, how, how do you want to do that? And then trigger a word. I've been reading a lot of this guy, Steve Pressfield, who wrote the book, The War of Art. And he's got a bunch of books out that, that are really good. And he's been outstanding. So he's kind of really like helped guide me through this as as I read. The, it's a, his books, The Daily Pressfield, which is outstanding. And I read it and it kind of is talks about how you can kind of get your creative juices going. Because what happens to you now, Stormy, is there's no, you know, there's no projects you're working on. You're not working on the the 16 games that you have to study or the 17 games. You're not working on, you know, all the things that are going on. And, and it's easy to write during the season when there's topical things coming out now becomes a little harder and you need that creative muse to get you going. Yeah, I like that. Have a word, think in themes, uh, especially like like when it comes to New Year's yeah. resolutions, the gyms are always packed for the first month or two. We'll see how things go in yeah. February, March, April, but uh, a lot to get into today, a lot to dissect in terms of news around the National Football League. The coaching carousel continues to spin. We're going to have a lot of changes with coordinators, with head coaches, still two head coaching vacancies available in the commanders in Seattle 
Seattle Seahawks. Lots of Super Bowl 58 talk today. Get into the latest betting splits, prop markets. And yes, Michael, I'm going to throw some of those novelty props at you. We're going to have a little bit of fun later. I love it. I'm going to force the Gatorade upon you. But let's get started just with some some news around the league. And over the last week, there's been some rumors and comments swirling from an NFL executive to Jeremy Fowler and some other NFL insiders that potentially the Las Vegas Raiders could be a landing spot for Russell Wilson. What do you think about that? I I mean, look, I think one thing we know at the Senior Bowl, when you go down the Senior Bowl, you know, it's coaches, not so many coaches, a lot of scouts. There's a lot of conversations going on, right? And so uh, I think the Raiders are going to go down every avenue to find a quarterback. Uh, I don't think trading for Russell Wilson makes no sense at all unless – you're, he's willing to redo his contract. No one's taking the Broncos off the hook on that contract. No one. 85 mil? No one. No one. No one. And so the, this whole idea we're trading for him is people that don't understand the rules, the salary cap, and what's out there. They're going to wait until he gets released. Uh, or maybe if he wants to go to the Raiders and he'll redo his deal to take away some of the guarantees I can't imagine why. Why would he do that? And then go to a team. I fully expect them to release him. And then he'll have a team like the Raiders certainly will be interested because they're in that kind of nowhere zone. We talked about it yesterday with Pittsburgh. You know, you're in that nowhere zone. You can't move up in the draft to get the guy you want. And there's really no answer in free agency unless you want to go down the Kirk Cousins road, which is going to be rather expensive. So for me, on one hand, Wilson will have interest. On the other hand, no one's interested in that contract. Yeah, and like like I said there, the dead cap hit where things sit right now is $85 million. And But based on what we've seen this past year already, we had that whole conversation going into week 17 about him getting benched and the conversation earlier in the year the reason that that happened was because he didn't want to restructure his contract because he didn't want to go through yeah. those different things. That said, well, why would he? Yeah, exactly. Why would he? Exactly. I was just going to say why that. Why would he? Why would he not? Why would he not let Denver fill their obligations? I, I think it's ridiculous. And look, th- this is not going to be the the first rumor. You know, this is going to be the Justin Fields rumors are coming next, and then there's going to be other rumors about quarterbacks, and I'm not sure any of them are true. You know, because you have to understand the cap and the player and the implication of all of it. So, you know, guys just start talking, oh, this would be a really good idea. Well, it's an idea. It's a rumor. It's nothing that has substance to it. You know, would they be interested? Would Atlanta be interested in, in Russell Wilson? Probably because there's no, you're going to try to solve your quarterback issue. Would they be interested in Justin Fields? I don't know. What's the asking price? I think there's too much to con- – and people that are making the decisions ultimately are not in Mobile. They're mostly just scouts, and that's where most of the rumors get started. Yeah, I think the only thing that's really clear where things sit right now in Vegas is that Aiden O'Connell is not the answer and that they do have to figure something <laughs> something out, yeah. right? Like, I'm, I'm not wrong in, in saying that based on what we saw. No. Like, there's evidence. There's complete evidence, and if they would have been – if they would have been a little bit more objective – of the season, right? Maybe if they would have put in somebody else in the in the Minnesota game, they might have come back and won that game because O'Connell clearly is not the answer. I'm just, you know, it's just he's had more. I wrote about it today when the Chief piece. I mean, the, the, what was humiliating about the Chiefs losing to them on, on Christmas Day was the fact that O'Connell completed one pass yeah. after the first quarter. Yeah. 
Yep. And uh, they obviously we have a lot to figure out and see what the Raiders are going to be in their new structure under Antonio Pierce. Um, uh, we talked a lot yesterday about Ben Johnson and how he informed both Seattle and Washington that he was going to stay put with the Detroit Lions, which was a huge deal. We also found out that the Texans are maintaining Bobby Slowick and their quarterback coach Gerard Johnson say uh, in, in Houston. How big is that for these staffs of teams that appear to be up and coming and on that upward trajectory? Houston, who had such low expectations under their new regime to make the playoffs and win a playoff game, make the divisional round. The Lions, who had a historical season for their franchise to maintain some key pieces to what they did this year. You know, I, I, I think, look, this, I'm not sure if Slovak was going to get a job, right? I wasn't sure of that. And I think for his career, it's probably best that he keeps continuing to grow. It's like what Walsh said. I was a better coach at 52 than I was at 42, and I certainly was a better coach than I was at 32, and I thought I knew everything. The experience is going to help Stroud, and it's going to help Slovak because now he can take a step back and say, okay, what happened to me? What was the things we did really well with the Houston Texans this year that I did well? What did I not do well? And how do I adjust that? And what do I do to fix those issues and become a better coach? We always are talking about the offseason. The players have to get better. Well, there's some degree of truth to that, but the coaches have to get better. The scouting has to get better. The player procurement, everything has to get better. It's just not the players have to get better. we got to do a better job of filling holes during the season. we got to do a better job of identifying the problems during the season. So I think anytime these young coaches can't go back and do another year, I think it's the best thing for them if they take the approach of let me learn from what I did well and what I didn't do well. Slovic probably at least through some of these head coaching interview processes tried to use that as a little bit of leverage because both he and Johnson did get uh, new deals, which gave them quote significant raises. So good for them. Ben Johnson. Meanwhile, uh, he's still got two years remaining on his contract. So no pay raise for him over there in, in Detroit. Right. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I mean, Schefter keeps saying it in a very nice way. If you read Schefter's tweets, you know, he's basically saying in a nice way, Johnson wasn't going to get a job. Yeah. And so he went back, which is good, you know, and his asking price from his agent was too high, you know, Richmond Flowers, his agent. So, look, it it is what it is. I mean, he's got another year to develop as a coach, as a leader, work on his notebook, get things going. You know, it's 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 tough on guys like Lou Amaromo, who was a hot guy last year, had interviews, has none this year. You know, those are the ones where you were, you know, you kind of have your moment. You better get back because your defense didn't play good this year. Those are the ones where I think Johnson can feel comfortable. He's going to get phone calls now, whether he goes or not. I don't know. I mean, look, the enemy's had one interview. Everybody said he was going to be a head coach soon. He, he's had one interview. It's very the windows are very short and are all predicated on perception, not reality. It's what did you do last year? And Johnson's still just 37 years old. So you imagine that there's, if he's had opportunities in front of him the last two years, that opportunities will still be there as he gets better. And something that we talked about a lot yesterday, that leadership skill set, if he's able to develop specifically in that area, it'll be better for him and whatever team he ultimately ends up going to. Interesting what you say about the enemy, because how many years have we been talking in off seasons about why isn't he getting an opportunity? How is he not a head coach yet? He has to do a lateral move, if not a step. You no, know, it was a step down now that we look at it from the the higher side of things where he leaves yeah. Kansas city to go to Washington to prove himself and establish what he is as a coach. And then obviously we know how the Washington commander season went this year. So he only had one interview this year. 
Right. And and look, you know, well, I tweeted out that he should go when the Colorado job opened up. I thought he should go after that and get that. And people ridiculed me, ri- ripped me. Why should he wait for that job? Well, there's a school there's a school of thought out there by Bill Walsh, not a bad coach, said, if you want to be a head coach, go be one. You know, and why should he take that now? You know, look what Dion did. Dion took a head coaching job at Jackson State. Dion took the head coaching job at Colorado and he's put himself on the map. It's not the worst thing to do. So because these things are hard to get, these things are really hard to get. And you got to be really careful about about when you don't try to put, get one. What's going to happen to the Is he going to get a job in the league if he doesn't get one? I don't know. We do. I don't know. I mean, right now. There's only he hasn't interviewed for any other coordinator job. He's interviewed for one head coaching job and no other coordinator job out there, including, you know, there's like Tampa's lost a bunch of coaches. Yeah, they're all going to Carolina now. (laughs) It appears. Um, Also, uh, Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka reportedly from Dan Graziano still in play for the Seattle Seahawks job. But you said yesterday by Thursday or Friday, we're hoping we're anticipating that we're going to get some answers on both the Washington and Seattle Seahawks job, but nothing official has come through just yet. We're going to hit our first break of the show here in a moment, but still so much more to come on today's edition of the Lombardi line. When we come back, let's take a quick look into Super Bowl 58 Chiefs Niners getting set to go head to head in about a week and a half. Now an estimated 50 million Americans wagered on the Super Bowl last year. Just imagine what the handle and number is going to be with the Super Bowl in Vegas this year. We'll be right back. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you haven't already, make sure you check out the new vsin.com. We've got a fresh new look on the website, enhanced navigation, a mobile first focus, and a whole lot more. And one might call it a super front page on the site today. It's a one-stop shop for your Super Bowl 58 betting needs. We've got spreads and total predictions, best bets, betting systems and analysis, trends, prop history, MVP thoughts, and a whole lot more. Plus, with football winding down, our college hoops and NBA experts have been hard at work providing daily betting reports. We've got a breakdown of the 10-game slate in the association tonight. And seven top 25 teams in action in college hoops today. But let's get back to the Super Bowl. And we have a hire, Stormy. We have a hire. You love to hear it. Mike McDonald. Mike McDonald will be your next head coach of the, drum roll please, the Seattle Seahawks. Wow. So Seattle, which wanted to go offense, they kind of wanted to go offense. They decide to take... Mike McDonald, young 36-year-old, did a wonderful job this year with the Baltimore Ravens. John Schneider's first chance to hire a coach. And now Mike McDonald, according to Adam Schefter on on, uh, Twitter, that he is now going to be the man in Seattle. Good for him. You know, and I think John Schneider gets a guy that he can work with, understand, develop. They they have not been good defensively up there in the last couple of years. So I think this move will help them. What they do offensively remains to be seen. Fascinating here, Stormy. Snyder and Quinn were linked together and Quinn's been linked to a bunch of places. If Quinn doesn't get Washington, I I think Quinn's window of becoming a head coach might be over with. I really do. Now, I don't know where, I mean, McDonald got this, took the Seattle job, which means Washington didn't offer him. It's just right there in his backyard. Right. right? And so where does Washington go? The, The most remarkable thing to me is Washington sitting there, and they don't even they don't even call Bill Belichick on the phone. Like, why wouldn't you interview Vrabel and Belichick if you're Washington? I don't know, Michael. And that's honestly what I wanted to get into with you. I know we talked about it a little bit yesterday, too. But if you're the Washington commanders and you're going through all of this stuff, new ownership, you're going to do the new stadium, you're going to do all these new things. Why do you not go get a coach that has a proven track record of winning and will move the needle for your franchise? Like, who are you going to go out and get now? Aaron Glenn? Is is that the, the next move for you? I understand the desire that they initially had and the thought process of getting a guy like Ben Johnson, who is going to be this bright, young, offensive mind. Obviously, whether or not they wanted him ultimately to get the job, 
after all the things that we had already talked about and Ben Johnson electing to stay with the Detroit Lions. But Bill Belichick, it makes all the sense in the world, you would think. This was, a, this was a team that before we were even talking about the Falcons with Bill, people were like, oh, the commanders, that just, that just makes too much sense. And then they put out a release, they're not interested. Oh. And then they hired Adam Peters, and I've been asking people around the league, like, why wouldn't they talk to him? And they said, probably because Adam Peters, he wants to run the team. And so, you know, the control me, thing again. started his career. It's all about the same thing Walsh talked about back at 75, guard your desk. It's really what it is. I have a hard time understanding. How, look, what Seattle did, what Atlanta did, that's fine. Snyder has been very good in Atlanta and Seattle, won a Super Bowl up there. He's been responsible for the players, hasn't had the ultimate authority. He worked for Pete. This is his opportunity. He's done a lot of good things up there. I'm sure he would admit he's missed on some things. Atlanta, strange. Didn't want Lamar. This front mm. office, they've won 21 games over three years. Their team has been built through Terry Fontenot's vision. Not so good, but they wanted to stay with Fontenot and, and Rich McKay running the team, clearly, even though they say he's no longer going to do that. Okay, you don't want to go with the greatest coach of all time. He's too old, yada, yada. But Washington, you've had no success. You've been just toiling around in just a, a, a stench and if you bring in some unproven coach and it doesn't go good, I'm just going to tell you, the, those fans are skeptical as to begin with. Nobody's looking for a reason to go out to FedEx field. And, I mean, look, there's only, you know, Belichick can walk into the Capitol building and get the meeting with any of those senators he wants. You think <laughs> the next coach they're going to hire? I mean, even if you don't want, and you, everybody will say, well, Lombardi, you're showing for your friend. Yeah, I am. I, I am saying it. I can't logically wrap my head around it, but throw him out of the mix. Why wouldn't they talk to Vrabel? Why wouldn't they just go talk to Vrabel? Like Vrabel's better than any coaches on available right now other than Belichick. Like, I understand that there's this youth movement ever since I really think like Sean McVay was hired and he was this just wondrous mind. And now you have the longevity with him being the head coach for however long it appears that he wants to do it or you want to have him there. And Mike McDonald, even how how old is he? 36, 37, like another young hire. Canales, very, very young. Is that the thing? But Mike Vrabel's not old. Like I get that Bill Belichick is in his 70s, but but. Mike Vrabel, to me, is not old, and he's proven himself as a great head coach. I still didn't understand Tennessee moving on from him this year. I can't either, you know, and I can't understand how you could honestly sit there and say Aaron Glenn, uh, you know, pick another name. Who else are they talking to? They were talking to McDonald. You know, is it going to be Aaron? They were flying to Detroit to interview Aaron right? Glenn. Like You're going to tell me that Aaron Glenn, who's operated a defense that ranked 20-something in the league. Now, look, he's got a great future, perhaps. But, you know, that defensive team, it wasn't there. So, who, Slovak staying in Houston. Who are you hiring? Can you real quickly, just to go on a little tangent here, give me a little inside baseball. I know that, that Ben Johnson obviously didn't end up completing the interview with the commanders, but when you're going out to visit a team and you're interviewing for your head coaching job, two guys that are on the same team, how awkward is that for those two guys? Like how awkward would that have been for Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn to have this talk about, Hey, here's my vision. Hey, here's my vision. Who here's who I'm going to bring along. I feel like that would be uncomfortable. Well, I, I don't think it is. I mean, it's look, that this is the NFL. You're in a competitive world against a team, and you're also competing against other coaches for jobs. You, you kind of know that going in. And 
the vision that Glenn has is probably going to be completely different than the vision that that Ben Johnson has. Ben Johnson's been around Adam Gates. That's kind of was his training background, right? And Glenn's been around Bill Parcells. He's been around Dennis Allen and that New Orleans Saints Sean Payton program. So, which has got a lot of Parcells in it as well. So, you know, I think that they're two completely different programs. So it's easy to say. And, you know, I think a lot of it, too, is I'm sure, you know, are, is this going to be a, is this a good job? I, I get is this a good job? Because it seems like they're from what I'm told, there's a lot of the minority owners want to hire a big want to get a bigger name in here. And they're fighting within themselves that they're asking the same. Let me say it. They're not fighting. They're asking the same questions you and I are asking, like, are we sure this is the right thing to do? Yeah. Are we short keeping everybody here, Martin Mayhew, Marty Herney, all these people that have been responsible for this team? Are we sure that's the right thing to do? I think that's really what's going on. And if you're a Washington fan, you have to ask yourself, are we really sure we're getting the you now? I know Adam Peters comes with a complete, complete, you know, endorsement. And he's the media is, is convinced he's the next coming of of, of, of Branch Rickey. But he also was the man responsible for your 49ers to take Trey Lance. Yeah. Well, with Washington, like we saw the way that things change, even just with training camp this year with new ownership, right? That was something that got people excited about the new trajectory this franchise was going to go. And then this is your first real opportunity to make significant change and show what you're going to do and what you're going to be. And you don't even have the conversation with the Hall of Fame coach, greatest coach of all time, and Bill Bell. It's just, it's mind boggling with him available. Yeah, I mean, if you're, well, to me, like, let's just say this. Let's say, why wouldn't you as an owner, as Josh Harris, and you as a general manager of Adam Peters, wouldn't you want to sit down and learn from a guy that's won six Super Bowls, that's built programs over sustainable success, and try to understand what made him so successful? You don't have to hire him. You can just listen to him. Yeah, he just, knows way more football than any of you know. He knows way more football than Adam Peters could ever possibly know. So, like, let's not let's not kid ourselves here. You're intimidated to go into the room to interview him because he knows way more than you know. Like, and that's the issue here. And if you're a fan of the Washington football team, you've got to say, wait a minute, don't we deserve better than that? Shouldn't we want the best? Which is shocking because as a fan of the 76ers, Josh Harris has always gone after the guy that he, you know, the big name guy. Now he's always going after that person from the analytical world. And maybe that's where they're headed. Maybe they want to become an analytical football team. That won't work. I'm just going to tell you that won't work because the analytical community, and there was an article written, what, five, six years ago, that momentum doesn't exist in sports. Like, so like, let's just put that out there. Like it, it, you don't, you need analytics, but you also need somebody who understands the game of football. I was told reliably today that, you know, Peters, it didn't surprise them, someone that knows Peters, that didn't surprise them that he's not talking to him because I think he's intimidated by it. You have to be. It makes no sense not to. Yeah. It makes no sense not to. If Rabel, too, it makes no sense not to talk to Rabel. I was going to say also ask Brandon Staley how just having that analytics thought process works out for you long term as a head coach. But what I said yesterday was I understand from an age standpoint thinking that maybe Bill's only going to be able to coach two or three more years. But if you get the wrong guy 
and you get somebody who doesn't work out for you, that's all that the length and longevity is going to be anyways. Um, We'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, Again, the breaking news, Mike McDonald, the new head coach for the Seattle Seahawks, the youngest active head coach in the league at 36 years old. We'll continue to break that down and a whole lot more as it pertains to Super Bowl 58 throughout the rest of the hour. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. To work for you and start betting smarter with a VSIN Pro subscription. Sign up on a VSIN Pro annual subscription. You'll get your first year for just $199. Use the promo code Lombardi. Get access to everything on our brand new VSIN.com website, plus our daily best bets with leaderboard to see which VSIN expert has a hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game. Betting systems, premium analysis, and 24 7 video access, plus our upcoming Super Bowl betting guide with best bets and favorite prop bets. Remember, use that promo code Lombardi. That'll get you the first year of VEASAN Pro Access for $199. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Breaking news in the last 15 minutes that the Seattle Seahawks go from having the oldest head coach in the NFL in Pete Carroll to now the youngest hiring Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald as their next head coach. Pete Carroll, Michael, has literally lived two of Mike McDonald's entire lifetimes. (laughs) Yeah, well, look, McDonald is young, but when you go back and watch the tape and and as I study the final four teams and work on them, you know, when you really break down this Ravens team defensively, uh, they've got a couple defensive linemen that they drafted that are good. They've got Kyle Hamilton, who is very good. They put money in Patrick Queen, you know, excuse me, they put money into Rohan, Rohan Smith, who's very good. Patrick Queen becomes a free agent, was a first round pick. But th- there's a lot of pieces that they just picked up off the, scr- off the scrap heap. You know, yeah. Van Noy, nine sacks. Clowney, nine and a half sacks, 16 pressures. Not, you know, Van Noy had nine pressures. I mean, they're getting guys that Mallet, the kid, the corner who got cut by Pittsburgh, he, you know, Darby. They're getting guys that are coming off the street and he's making it work. And I think to me as an executive, that's one of the biggest things that I look for is can they make the players better? It's one of the things I thought why Raheem Morris deserved a second chance because he was playing with a lot of guys that were not great, and he got the players to play better. What's, what's essentially the job of the coach is to make you better, right, is to improve you as a player. And I think McDonald, even though he's 37 years old, I think he did that really well. And so I, I applaud the hire, you know, because I think he showed the leadership and he showed the, the ability to adjust in a game. And he did his part. Look, they gave up they gave up 17 points in a championship game. They gave up essentially three points in the divisional game. He gave up 20 points in the playoffs. Oh. Right. And and they lost. So I, I think it's a for John Schneider. He gets a very good young coach, a coach who's going to focus on coaching the team. Schneider's going to bring in the players. But I think he's going to do enough with the, the talent that they have in Seattle, which I think actually has more talent in Seattle than they do in Baltimore. They have better corners. I know that. <laughs> So, you know, I, I think I think that's the case. And when you watch that tape, you're sitting there saying, wait a minute, everybody thinks Baltimore's this talented with defensively, but sh- tell me where it is. Clowney was good. Van Noy was good. They were good this year. The big kid from Texas, Texas A&M inside, Justin, uh, I can't say his last name. He's a really good three technique, but he's going to be a free agent. 
Yeah, somebody who's very well liked gets the most out of players. Um, you know, when, when there are lesser talented guys, is able to squeeze more out of them. And as Adam Schefter, who announced this news, the the, the breaking news moments ago, also made sure to add that this is a, a team and a defense that allowed the fewest points per game in the NFL this year, 16 and a half, recorded the most sacks in the league and the most takeaways this past season. And you think about Seattle's past history and the defenses that they were known for for a time, the Legion to boom. If this young guy could come in and reestablish that type of an identity for the franchise that they used to have, I think that would be a great thing. So exciting news there. And then that leaves, as we mentioned in the last segment as well, one opening remaining in the Washington commanders and what will they end up doing? And as our producer Caesar was asking in the, in the commercial break, what, what does Mike Rabel do this coming year? Then what does Bill Belichick do this coming year in your mind? Well, I think what Belichick will do is he'll continue to work on the draft. He's been working on the draft. He's got, you know, he'll, he'll spend a lot of time talking about, you know, he'll go through all the players. He'll he'll prepare for the draft as if he was still working. And then I think what, you, what you'll see is, is uh, you know, he'll study the game. I don't know if he'll do television. If we you know he's got an open invitation to do our podcast, I can tell you that. <laughs> and I've told him that. So, uh but, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll stay on top of the game, watch tape and stay on, stay on it. And as for Vrabel, I'm sure he'll do the same thing. They both have the same agent, right? They both have the same agent. I was just told by somebody in Washington just text me that the reason they're not calling Bill is they think he'll take all the oxygen out of their rebuild program, that they're looking for someone to work hand in hand with Adam Peters in the Detroit model, which is basically, you know, Brad Holmes and, and Dan Campbell. Well, I mean, Campbell pretty much is the guy in Detroit. Helms does a great job. I'm not suggesting that. But I think if you ask anybody, you know, Campbell is a big component in that building. And I don't think they're signing players that Campbell doesn't want. Like, I mean, Laporta, I think they they would have not moved Swift. Mm -hmm. They would have not moved Swift if he didn't feel like they could get Gibbs. In fact, just listen to him after the draft. It's a collaborative effort, and I think every team that has that is can win. I, I don't understand what the what the big issue is. Every situation needs to be collaborative. Yeah, exactly. And I I don't know. I think that that's a false thought process to think that he's going to take the air out of every Completely. room. I, I think he's a culture builder, and he's somebody that could set the tone for what you want your program and franchise to be moving forward. But uh, neither here nor there. Uh, there are still two teams in action that will be playing for a Super Bowl coming up soon in the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers. And I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, Michael, in 2023, an estimated 50 million Americans bet on the Super Bowl. There was a total around 16 billion dollars that were bet on the Super Bowl it is the most bet mm-hmm. event in the country every single year and it's not close and so there are a lot of different ways that we can bet the game obviously the spread in total um, but the number of props and the menu that is available at various sports books especially mm-hmm. DraftKings who we work so closely with um, there's a ton of options and now through DraftKings they're giving us a little bit of an inside purview into the states that they're located in and where already the early bets are going and I want wanted your opinion on this because New Jersey, where obviously like you're right there, the um, great garden state, the yes. great garden state, big 49ers backers. Apparently when it comes to the spread, when it comes to the money line, 72% of the tickets and of the handle, excuse me, that's coming in in New Jersey is on the 49ers and 62% New Jersey taking the under what is, am I missing something is, is New Jersey like San Francisco East? What happened no. here? Well, I, I think, look, I, I think New Jersey is is 
analyzing the game. And I think there's probably a lot of people and uh, the professional bettors that have watched this line open at three immediately and go down to two and a half and then tick all the way down to one and a half. And pretty much San Francisco money was waiting to see if it would get even lower. But now it didn't. And I think the time was right to turn it in in New Jersey, where you got a lot of people that model San Francisco as the best team. They have the best power rating. I mean, I was going through it, Stormy. And, you know, if you really study it, the Chiefs, this turnaround hasn't it's hard to find in numerical evidence. Right. Mm hmm. You know, it really is. It's hard to find it there. When you start, and, and you really can only do the four games, right? You can only do the four games that they played, the Cincinnati game and the three playoff games. And they, they have not been, oh my gosh, dominating. They've just been efficient and effective. And they've been able to get balance and find their way. And I think there's a strong area where they think the vulnerability of, of Kansas City in their run defense is San Francisco's strength. Yeah. The ability of San Francisco's front to maybe give Kansas City some trouble. I mean, Kansas City has not been, oh, my gosh, watch out. We can't punt the ball back to them. I mean, they've had 40 possessions in, in, in those games, right? They, they've had a, And when you break them down, they have 40 drives and 20 consisting of seven plays or more with 16 and resulted in points. They still only average 5.8 yards of play. Think about it. They still only average 5.8 yards of play. And they've only converted. People talk about, well, they've been great on third down. No, they haven't. No, yeah. they haven't. They're only 18 for 35. They, they've converted 18 out of 51 third downs. That's 35%. And they've really only gone for it on fourth down uh, four times. And they've been successful three. So they've been effective and efficient, and they've had periods where their defense has carried them. The defense has only given up 14.5 points over the last four games that you really matter, and they forced five to. So I think that that when you break that down and say, when you get past the Mahomes is the greatest thing of all time, and he's just too much, too much, and you really focus on the numbers, and Mahomes is all those things, right? Yeah. He's all those things, but he's playing within the confines of this new chief offense that the game's going to be rather tight yeah and we'll dig even deeper into the chief side of things because you have a great article up on vcin.com coming up in hour two as well as the general thought process that you referenced there a little bit with how the ravens despite being such a good running team didn't exploit that area that has been vulnerable for kansas city's defense whereas kyle shanahan and the 49ers almost certainly have no problem just continuing to run the football if it's effective it's if it's working they're going to continue to do that um so we'll talk plenty more super bowl and hour two but when we come back we got some interesting sound bites that i want you to take a listen to michael so we've got a sound edition of news or noise separating the impactful from the insignificant don't go anywhere the lombardi line rolls on next on visa and the sports betting network The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSIN. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. With the code VSIN, DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Is it news? Corleone is a man who insists on hearing bad news immediately. Or just noise. Are you going to act like this is news? Just noise. Let's separate the impactful from the insignificant with one simple question. News or noise? Okay, Michael, so we've talked a lot about Bill Belichick today and the fact that he has not been able to find a landing spot, but we're seeing reports from Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal that the Eagles were very interested in Belichick had Nick Sirianni not agreed to the coaching changes and agreeing to fire certain coaches and coordinators. The Eagles reached out through him, according to Bedard, through back channels. Here he is on 985 The Sports Hub. Told you guys that before the end of the season that that teams had already reached out to Bill, back channel on Bill. I thought the Falcons were definitely one of them. 
I'm now pretty convinced that the Eagles were the other one. When things were going south, they thought this might end poorly with Sirianni, and I wouldn't be surprised, given the relationship that Howie and Bill have, that the Eagles were one of those teams to back-channel through Bill. So we hear that about the Eagles, Michael, and also Jerry Jones talking about how there's no doubt that he could work with Bill Belichick. Two teams that ended up keeping their coaches this year were interested in Bill, or could be potentially next year if there's an opening. Well, my sense, I think this is news. Let let me say that first. I think it is news. But here's what I don't understand about the Bernard report. He said in there, if things went south with Sirianni, that they would make a move. Didn't things go south? I mean, didn't they ask anybody at Wawa? Didn't they go south? Like, what more was going to have to happen? That went south. And so they're giving him a mulligan is what they're doing. They're saying it went south. They're going to give him a mulligan and see if he can fix the problems by bringing Vic in and bringing Kellen Moore in and going to be to do what I'm not sure what he does, but he'll do that, (laughs) whatever that is. Right. You know, so what was that song by Zach Brown? It is whatever that is. Right. I mean, so like, I don't know. We'll see. But to me, it's news. Here's what I just tweeted. Washington is sitting there with an opportunity to at least talk to Rabel or Belichick. And yet the teams that they're going to compete against for the foreseeable future, if they have some problem, Philadelphia, if Dallas, if the Giants have a bad year, they're probably going to try to make Belichick their head coach. Why wouldn't you at least talk to him? Do you value Adam Peters that much that you have to you won't talk to him? I'm right there with you, Michael. It is a very, very interesting situation. But um, I personally think that if he did end up going to Philadelphia or go to the Dallas Cowboys potentially next year, that that'd be a better landing spot for him. He'd be in a better situation with the talent and pieces around him. So, hey, maybe take a year off and then get a championship contender, Bill. Do what you need to do. Speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, more comments that Jerry Jones made at the Senior Bowl this week regarding Dak Prescott's contract extension. Take a listen. I won't be addressing at any time here one contract, one player at all. That is not, let me emphasize, and I'm in a plural, that is not in any way being iffy about any player that we've got, whether it be Lamb, Parsons, Prescott, uh, Smith, you name them. Uh, That's not being unequivocal. He also added, Dak has done, quote, nothing to change my mind about any promise for the future. I think I've said that we will go as far as Dak takes us in the playoffs. Remember that. Uh, News or noise, Michael? Jerry commenting but not commenting on Dak's contract extension. Well, I think what he's saying is, is there's we've got to we have to figure out where everything's going to be. He's putting together a puzzle. And so it's not about just getting one guy done, getting the next guy. He's got to get them all. He's got to put the puzzle together. And that's not a that's not an easy thing to do. Right. And so Dak's going to be on the team. Dak has a contract. But what he's trying to say is there's other things that have to happen before I get to them. And it's a giant puzzle. And we've got to figure out how we're going to get this done. And I don't think he's going to comment on it until it all kind of comes together. He knows what's at stake. He knows who he has to sign. He's going to sign Lamb. He's going to have to sign Parsons. And he's going to have to redo Dak. Now, after that, all bets are off. 
Yeah. Uh, Prescott, just like Mike McCarthy, has one year left on his deal for Prescott. It's $34 million left in his contract. Um, he does have the no franchise tag clause in the contract. Also, speaking of just like news or noise, how about all the noise around Dak Prescott from his teammates' family members? I thought that stuff was crazy about like Micah Parsons' brother saying, if you, you know, take $40 million or pack your bags and CeeDee Lamb's mom saying Dak ain't it. Like, how, how are you? How is this happening? I don't know how it is, but, you know, we live in the world of social media and I don't think you can condemn, you know, it's people's just can't wait to give their opinion out. So I'm not sure, you know, how you take all that. Right. I'm not sure how it all fits together. And, you know, look, let's be clear. I don't think we talk enough about this, but when you make the most money and you don't deliver, you're going to get you're going to get attacked by your teammates, by everybody. Right. You're going to get attacked. It's just what it is. I don't think you could change that. And, you know, Dak is probably there's resentment in every locker room over a play. We finally heard after I got ridiculed all offseason, Stormy, about the, the New York football Giants by every Giant fan. Even my good friend Carl Banks ripped me. Right. You don't know what you're talking about. Blah, blah, blah. Well, they were upset in that locker room about Daniel Jones getting ahead of, yeah. of, of Saquon. I said exactly that. And that's a whole nother layer that we're going to have to unpack this offseason. What happens with Saquon? Because he's got to go through that whole process once again. But let's keep it on the quarterbacks here for a moment because Tom Brady went on the Pat McAfee show yesterday and had this to say about 49ers QB Brock Purdy. I think Brock's done a great job with the opportunity. You know, he got it and he's taken advantage of it. He was a late round pick. I know he's got a chip on his shoulder and he wants to go out there and prove every day that he's the right fit for that team. And there's a great, again, it's a great organization to run and I really respect Kyle, um, but Brock's done a hell of a job. News or noise coming from the GOAT himself. Purdy's got a chip on his shoulder and wants to prove he's the right fit for San Francisco forever. Well, I, I don't think you've heard one ex-player that played the position of quarterback giving Brock Purdy a, a hard time because they know how hard it is and they've seen what he's been able to do. And so for me, you know, I, I think that that was an endorsement from the GOAT. He clearly said he's the right fit for the team. And everybody that watches tape for a living, that understands the art of football, that understands what it takes to win, sees Purdy as a really good player. And it didn't take last week's game to convince me. Mm-hmm. Was a masterful second half, though. So I'm glad it at least got some of the naysayers more on board. Uh, one quarterback was no longer playing here, but made it close. And boy, were the Detroit Lions fun to watch. Is Jared Goff. And he's due to make. 27.3 million if the team does nothing but Jared Goff you know he's open to a contract extension here's Jared regards to my future it's not up to me um, I love this place and um, uh, we'll see what happens as, as time goes on here but yeah I love this place and um, love Dan love all the coaches love all my teammates and um, uh, it's it's not out of my hands in some ways you know it's it's up to my representatives and obviously the people upstairs Uh, News or noise to you? Because I feel like it's obvious they should keep rolling with this guy. He's been great. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to the contract, right? Hayden Hooker, they drafted. Where is he? Like, where does he fit in their plans, right? Because if you go ahead and give a five-year contract to Goff, then you're not going to – Hooker's going to just play out as the backup and go on. You know, maybe you can get something for him, put him in the preseason, all of a sudden you can get your value back. Smart pick. I think it's a good pick. But it also, if you think he's really good – 
Maybe you go one more year with golf and then you decide to then change out. I don't know. It gives you some options, you know, and I think to me, what you don't want to do is tie your team up with a very bad quarterback contract and then, of course, make everybody on the team upset about it. Yeah, I I wouldn't foresee his extension being particularly long, but I I love what Jared Goff has done in operating in that offense and seeing if he can keep doing it for a couple more years. I haven't heard much about Hendon Hooker lately. Like, I know he was coming off of the injury last year, um, but through camp and everything, like personality wise, I feel like I never really heard his name. No, I mean, because we did, you know, he was coming off the knee injury. We haven't seen him. He's practicing. But I think what they do, what they say, what what goes on inside that, they watched him every day at practice. We didn't. I think that's kind of that's going to be very revealing. It's a little bit like what they don't say. It's the same thing we would say about Trey Lance. Right. We said the same thing Like for all the PR that was coming out of there that he's great. They were saying something different after practices. Yeah, he's third string for the Dallas Cowboys for a reason. I'm just yeah. I mean, like for all the things that you know, I, I I can go through my timeline and talk about all the things that they told me about. Oh, look what they're saying. You know, look, they're saying it because they're trying to trade yeah. them. I mean, come on. Well, and again, like let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers. You give up all you do, make such a terrible pick, and you just stumble into Brock Purdy as the last pick in the draft. Unbelievable. We've got to step aside, resetting with our two of the Lombardi line when we return. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.